This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. I'm back. She's back. We're so glad that you are. You've been out of the country, haven't you? Yes, I have. I was in Montreal, which is probably one of the most beautiful places. Really? It's gorgeous. I mean, granted, I was there in the summertime and, and it was... The weather was beautiful and the food is exquisite. The food is just delicious. Um, the people are super nice. There's no, it's really, really super clean. Um, All of those things. It does. Are you sure they weren't paying you? And to- the, artwork, like the, the history, like all the older buildings that are there next to high rises that are brand new. It just really is just quite a unique place. I really, Funny. I've I, never been there before. I was there, uh, I think, before you were born. I was there in 1967. Uh, yes. My dad took me up there. Uh, he was the assistant city architect in Chicago. And we went up there to look at these new uh, architectural wonders that they had that he brought back to Chicago. And they tried to put together, which ended up becoming like slum housing i was crazy because he had something really brilliant in mind but the city took it over and turned it into like urban renewal yeah kind of funny but i do remember driving in the car 1967 uh we were driving my dad's porsche he had uh the uh the guy well he designed a a porsche building in Chicago and Mr. Porsche himself came to our house and handed him the keys to a Porsche. So we were driving that car and uh, some French truckers, French, French Canadian truckers, lumberjacks cut us off and started swearing in French. And that was my first introduction to Montreal. Sacre bleu. Yeah, whatever, whatever they said. Yeah, there, there are people that just speak no French or no English whatsoever there, which is interesting. But you know, a lot of people, you can get around. A lot of people do. They give you two options. Right. Is- you can speak Canadian, A, eh? or okay. French Canadian. Anyway, Luana is probably twiddling her thumbs off camera. Um, and for those who have forgotten, Luana is our friend on the flip side who moderates our class. Man, you're getting hate mail again about me not being here. No, no, I'm just saying. For well, for people who are tuning in for the first time or the last time, and we do get those every now and then. I get people writing emails saying, "What the heck are you guys talking about?" But more importantly, Luana, do you? And we let Luana decide. After all these years of eight years, Jennifer and I have been doing this. We've just decided let Luana bring to our class. Whoever hey, I just got something in my head. It was about a client that I had on Tuesday, and she said that I could talk about this. I brought through her dad and she said, well, who re- who greeted him on the other side? I'm like, you're Richard Martini's referral. You know, meaning that anything, she's like, oh, you have no idea how much his, the books have helped me, how much Cora has helped me. And mm-hmm. I get this a lot. I just wanted to mention this. I you're like, I know you, you're like, Come on, can you stop that? But I'm letting you know, <laughs> those people out there, there's there is so much knowledge that Richard has put out there and it really does help. We both of us, I can speak for, for both of us, we want people through this podcast to connect to their own. 
we want that. We don't want to have, we, we try to give to We want to be out of work. Uh, yes. And you say that so eloquently. And now remember, I did get an email or a, a private message on Quora from somebody who was so thrilled that they were going to be talking to you, which is great. It's a wonderful thing. And I recommend it for everybody. I know not everybody can. And sometimes I, Jennifer signs up people for her wine and spirits group, which pe anybody can go to that. And you're in a group setting. You don't have to, you know, worry about sharing something that someone else is not going to share. Plus, your loved ones on the flip side have sent you there. They've actually gotten you in the car and drove, you know, had you drive over to talk to them. And 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 what Jennifer's saying is so true and accurate, which is we're here trying to help people see that they can talk to their loved ones without Jennifer, without Richard, right. with just opening up their minds and hearts that it's possible that they still exist. And if so, it could be that whatever we're doing is not your path or your method, you know, whoever's out there, but there may be something else. And it might be as simple as a smell, a, a perfume, uh, a or, Go ahead. or a number from a, or a number that from a Yankee player, or like in this case, um, her son was just like, I don't believe in this stuff. And she's like, well, talk to, talk to grandpa, you know, her dad and give him something that he can show Jennifer. And let's just see, he showed me a ring, but it wasn't a ring. And then I realized it had to do with sports. So I couldn't quite figure it out. I'm like, wait, boxing ring. And that's, he's a boxer. And that's what he talked to his dad about. <laughs> that's great. Right? But again, it's interpretation. I got shown a ring, but it was like a big like they didn't know how to show me. It was like a yeah, big yeah, like a big ring, and you're like, "What's that?" It wasn't a piece of jewelry. But then he showed me sports because I could, I didn't have it in my awareness for boxing. Like there's not a strong boxing thing, but I baseball for some reason comes through all the time. Isn't you that know? Great? Yeah, but that was. Well, just I also I just want to point out that Jennifer, you do have this amazing gift of being able to allow that the thing you're getting might be might mean this it might mean that it might be this other thing a lot of people when they get something like well this means that and then the person they're talking to says i, I don't know what you're talking about in this case and i've seen it uh, there's the film that we did uh talking to paul allen junior seau and uh dave durison athletes that came through and jennifer i remember very distinctly i'm sitting there and, and she's talking about someone uh, who was a football player because they had come to thank Paul Allen for creating the Brain Institute. And, and she said, I'm getting, you know, the number 55. And then she said, I'm getting the number 22. Well, 55 was Junior Seau, the great football player who had CTE and took his own life. And uh, you went, wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. You can't hear you. Oh, there we go. Now we, now we got back. It was weird because oh. you. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's clearly Junior Seahawker, Dave, du Dave Dorson. Okay. Well, let's ask him. Dave, Junior, which one of you guys interrupted me? Luana. Okay. I, all right. I'll, I'll be quiet. Go ahead, Lou. Oh, I was just going to say, Jennifer saw their numbers, and I happen to know what their football numbers were, 55 and 22. Go ahead. Um, she wants to go back on back to something, so give me a second. Let me figure out what it is. Um, okay, about how you were talking about how we both were talking about how people can do this on their own. Um, she's like, we so desperately on the other side want the whole universe to know that 
because it would make it so much easier if everyone just would drop their guards down and just know their loved ones are there. Wow. It would make it so much easier. It might dilute what I do for work, is which I wanted. I said my goal is to be out of a job, which means the world would look so differently, right? Um, okay. Huh. All right. I'm working with uh, my dear friend, Jessica Alba, and she's like, you need to put that into, we're doing production meetings, and she's like, you need to, and that's what we're focusing on. I'm like, I want to make this normal for people, not make it stand off, you know, not make it, I mean, it's like, we're right. strange, fear, fear-based. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's Hold great. On. Congratulations. I hope, I hope that takes you off the air. One day I'll say, Jennifer, can we do a podcast? Just say, oh, I wish I could. I'm so sorry. No, I will always do this. I'm so sorry. I'm in Tuscaloosa creating oh. a show in Bali. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Ah, sorry. Sorry. All right, go <laughs> ahead, Lou. I keep interrupting Luana. I'm sorry. Luana is my friend who passed away in 1996. She moderates our podcast from the flip side. Is your reunion around your birthday? When is it? You said November, not your birthday. Right? Yeah, not my birthday. No, it's coming up. Uh, uh, why? Somebody showing a birthday? Is Luana showing you a birthday? She's showing me your birthday, but she's also showing me the reunion. I just need to figure out what each means. Um, High school reunion and, coming and up. No, you're not, not, you're not, no, you're not going to die. Like, you're not going to, like, go to well, reunion. What's funny is, I, you know, and this is the thing when you know someone like Jennifer, you ask them the most mundane questions Should I have chocolate ice cream or vanilla? You know, and of course, my friends are all going to the reunion and, and it's sort of one of those like, oh, boy, do I really want I, you know, I hang out with all my friends from there anyway. So anyway, and so Luana was like, yes, you should go to the reunion. So that was new. With enthusiasm. With? Oh, really? <laughs> Give me notes on my performance. Here's, here's, here's why. Because your enthusiasm will get more people to go. You're kind of the glue, the cracks of a lot of people. You just are. And so if you get, if you're enthused by it, then people that are really, they have, that don't think they have any business of going might consider it. And it'll be better for you on the plane. Okay. Yeah, I'm not excited about sitting on a plane for whatever, long time. Or like the uh, turbulence they had in Atlanta yesterday. Wow, I really wouldn't want to be part of that. 17 people were injured from turbulence flying into Atlanta. <laughs> no, thanks. Okay, Lou, is that what you want to talk about? Other than me, let's drop me off this plate. And they were talking about something that happened to me. Everything. Okay, I don't take for granted signs at all. And my sign with my father, Jim. Mm-hmm. James um, is 71. And when I went through, uh, when I went, got to uh, Montreal, they, you know, you have to go through customs or whatever, and they take a picture and then a number pops up and the number was 71. And I thought, you know, is that for my birthday? I'm like, that's interesting. My dad, I felt my dad. I'm like, okay. And then as I was going through to get, to leave, they're like, Oh miss, you have to go over there. You have to get searched. I'm like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> and my heart started racing because I did have psilocybin in my in my possession. What? Yes. And so my dad just said, I'm like, Dad, am I gonna get arrested? Am I gonna? And he's just like, and I felt my heart rate just go down. 
He's like, no, but don't fidget. Don't look through your purse. Don't look through. And so, and he showed me my, the team that I work with, the dark web division of the FBI. He's like, just start talking about that. They're going to ask you what you do. And so I started, you know, (laughs) I went up there, of course, started talking to him. He goes through it, finds it. And he goes, I'm like, I know that's breaking a federal law. I know. I'm so sorry, but I can give you references from my department that I work with. And he goes, I'm just going to pretend I didn't see this. And he put it back in and I got out and I'm like, that was so stupid. First of all, do not do that. I just kind of forgot about that. I didn't forget about it. I knew clearly I had it. That's a lie. So I'm not going to lie. Wow. But but so I left. And then when I got in the van, when I got, you know, I met my girlfriend, we ended up leaving. And, you know, when I went to go pay, of course, our, our driver, it was 7117. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. And I, I'm, like, I'm like, dad, thank you. This would have been not a good, fun trip if that would have happened. <laughs> but those signs, though, it, I know and I felt him. And by the way, the 71, I'm like, so I asked the guy that was searching all my bags. I'm like, is that a random? He goes, that's a random number. I'm like, so it had nothing to do with your birthday? And he goes, that's a coincidence. But this is a random number. There you go. Coincidence versus random. Well, and for the people tuning in, uh, driving in their car. So that happens all the time where some you're so you have this kind of moment where you see a number or you see a hear a musical piece or you remember something and that's associated with a loved one. And we've asked people, so Luana, how is it that you can create those kinds of moments? Or Jim, how is it did you create those moments? What are you doing on the flip side that's helping those numbers or visuals or? He's so funny. He was showing me as a little baby and then marrying my mom. Because those moments are created far before some of the people that you helped create. Me uh, talking about the seven one aspect because of course that's your birth, but then yeah. it, what? So what are you on the flip side and deciding? He says they truly are miracles. The things that we're able to do as a collective. He goes, it's not just one. It's not just my father. He's showing me my grandfather. He's showing me my my grandmother, grandmothers. I should say too. Um, it's a collective that makes things happen, you know? So it's almost like somebody tosses out an idea. Oh, I got it. Let's have, let's have this event happen. That'll remind her that we're all with her, whatever that is, or whatever you're doing in life. And, and suddenly this thing pops up. I laugh because I'm like, I'm sorry about the whole mushrooms, dad, my Mormon father. And he goes, well, it wasn't, he's showing me it wasn't crack cocaine. Like it wasn't like, (laughs) he goes, it was still inside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, now, so in Luana, in terms of uh, you making, you know, let's say a phone call, somebody calls you out of the blue that you haven't talked to a long time, and then you realize somewhere within the conversation there's something deeper, like that they need something or whatever. How do you how do you construct that, Luana? What would be a way? What would be a method? Or give us a one, two, three. A a, a way that you construct. I'm sorry that you can coincidence making a coincidence happen from their point of view. Like, let's say you want two people to talk to each other or two people to meet. Yeah. Yeah. We work really hard providing a want or a need. Oh, wow. 
they just showed me something. Um, I'm not going to judge it. I have a client that was in the Vegas shootings that was there. She's alive. I'll start from there. But when the Vegas shootings happened, I think we discussed this before. Yeah, we had all those people before before the shooting happened. They were super hungry. They were trying, like they made them feel hungry to leave, to try to leave. And like, no, no, we're gonna wait. Then they made him feel like the father, who was was actually a police officer who died. That's how she came to me. Um, made them feel like they had to go to the restroom. Like they just put it in their head, like you gotta leave, you gotta leave, you gotta go to the restroom. And they still said no. But then when it actually happened, they helped him get out. Like he would count the rounds and he was able to get out. He brought, you know, his daughter um, was with somebody that's also. Anyway, so they put that so in my brought that awareness to her, like count the rounds, and that means he's reloading, etc. Right, right. But at first it was the food, then it was the going to the restroom. Then it, and so she for her to share, like to put that in my head, which I haven't thought about for years, means yeah. that they're doing things constantly to make they're putting a need or a want to make that happen. I see. And so how how do you do that, Lou? Is it the sort of thing where you're you put the thought in as uh, you manipulate the thought or does everybody as a collective try to pop that thought into your head? That's fine. She says, we try to work it out when you're sleeping. I'm all with us or with, with us. They try to work it out. So it starts from our sleep that we might be unconscious. Uh, we, we might not be conscious of or aware. Um, huh. That's why it's so important to have goals because it makes it easier for them to put in, to intercept or to put in things to help us with our goals, right? Hmm. And so if you think about it, so that so if there's a want, which could be a goal, right? Yeah. I want as many people as possible to know that they can talk to the other side. That's my goal. So now that that's out there, even though I have the feelings of it right now, we're doing something towards it every single week. And I try to do something towards it every single time I have clients. It provides that that link for them to help to have to get people that are over there on the other side to talk to people that are here to find me on the computer or whatever to track you down. All right. Right. So, Lou, Lou, I'm going to ask you about a specific dream that I had last night which I have not talked to Jennifer about. No. And she, she actually said about it. She talked about a dream, like, but we always start out with that. He always has a dream. I don't want it to be overused. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like you had a, it's okay. And because I mean, I, the the only reason I brought it up is because what you're just talking about. And I thought, okay, you know, you think about, I've had this dream and they popped somebody into my dream. Uh, um, Right now I can't think of his nickname, but he's a politician. And, uh, and maybe that's because politics are starting to come onto our radar. Are you talking about Maverick? I am. I couldn't think of his nickname. Well, Thank they just popped him in my head. Who was he again? He's, I'm sorry. John McCain. That's oh. all right. John McCain, bless his heart. Now, Jennifer and I have not spoken about this, and John uh, McCain has not shown up to us really since Backstage Pass, the flip side. So it's a number of years we've had a conversation with him. So last night, I had an unusual conversation. A friend of mine was in the dream, but but the conversation was that he, John, was <laughs> saying that people should open up, and he put it this way, like pubs, like restaurants called McCain's. And you go there and you talk about politics 
because you know he was kind of you might call him a liberal conservative you know like a Republican yeah. to a certain like whatever he had a lot of different things based on his experience in life but right. and so he was saying you'll if you have an open space like a place like he was calling it a pub but a place that you could talk to other people and be on common ground right. and realize how we aren't so different and especially as the political seasons upon us to, to realize that even though it's, you know, the insanity of what the news people are selling, because they're selling their news, it's just if you put people in a room, you'd be surprised how close they are, even in this kind of a conversation we're having now. So does he want to come forward and talk to us about that? Yeah. So does Robert Kennedy and JF Kennedy. Wow, the politicians are piling up today. They're in a pub. <laughs> Is it called McCain's? <laughs> McKennedy. McKennedy. Oh, I love that. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. So, John, you, John, you have the floor. Please tell us what you want to talk about. What is it? Why did you pop that into my head last night? You said patience. People are. It's like a preemptive strike towards the future. If you're already, if you already are feeling. Like I am, my stomach turns when we talk about politics, sure. you know, um, and there's, I mean, I, I met somebody in, in um, Montreal and this guy was talking to my friend and, and he was just like, where are you from? Like California is, I already don't like you. And I'm like, I don't Hello. care if you like me or not. You're lucky <laughs> that I'm even saying hello to you. And <laughs> And I don't mean to be bitchy, but I was, we were at the, you know, well, that's I mean, I had weird. the four seasons. A hostile thing to say. I had the four seasons, I had the four seasons, the, the, the manager that runs the four seasons, like, can I get you some champagne? Would you like to come to the VIP room? And I'm like, I still got it. Even at this age, he's still being let into the VIP room at the, at the four seasons. Anyway. So he was standing there, but I'm like, you're already, he goes, yeah, my ex-wife is there. I'm like, so is it the ex-wife or is it California? And he goes, all of it, Bing. all of it. <laughs> There was no room. I said, you know what? Whatever you think in that big noggin of yours, you're right about yourself. Like, I'm not here. The last thing I want to do on my last night in Montreal is sit here and talk to you about this. About, yeah. It's not going to exactly gonna happen. I love that. That's not going to cool. happen. So, but and, John, John, I'm sorry. John, just tell us a little bit about your experience on the flip side since you've been over there. I mean, we see it as time. You may not, you might see it as a blip. I don't know. But, but tell us, what have you been up to? Hold on. I just after another, uh, just something else that popped in about time. Yesterday, I was talking to a dear friend of mine. Her, somebody that she worked with died. Um, she wasn't even 40, has four children. Wow. Um, died from drowning in the bathtub. And... She, I mean, everybody was just devastated and, you know, everything's of alcohol and they think of all these things. And so when I was talking to, I'm really close to her and this person who passed away actually knew me, knew of me because yeah. my friend talked about me. Okay. So I asked her, you know, and I asked her, I'm like, what happened? She goes, and she showed me her nose. Her, she's like, my nose is so big. There's no way I could have died from drowning. <laughs> 
And I started laughing. She goes, we just moved. I had a kid that was really sick the night before and stuff that I told this, you know, told the person I was talking to. She goes, yeah, she just, she just did move. And I don't know about her son being sick, but I'm like, she's just telling me she was exhausted, but she couldn't sleep. She took two Tylenol PM, but that's not what killed her. Mm. What killed her is she said, when I was unconscious, I had an aneurysm. Oh, wow. And that's what made me go, you know, she goes, go under. Yeah. You think I want to die? I'm like, well, how, long, how long does it feel? I'm like, you're so, you just died. Your body is literally still warm, you know, still warm. Yeah. How did you, how are you so fluent? Like, how can you explain to me? She goes, it feels like I've been gone for 20 years. Wow. Wow. And I started thinking, I'm like, we've never asked someone that just crossed over really how long they, you know, cause time is so weird over there. Right. Not yeah. weird. It's different, but she goes, Oh, it's like, I feel like I've been gone for 20 years. I'm like, that is the weirdest thing. And so they popped that into my head. And so I'm like, should I say that? Well, or and I-, I just want to point out that I, it reminds me of a conversation we had because when we first met uh, Robert Kennedy, he was talking to us about reaching out to his family to talk to them about the things that happened to him and, and his brother and Marilyn and, and, and that that needs to be dug up and, you know, so to speak. And so I, my response wasn't callous, but I was saying, you know, well, li- listen, you've been on the flip side for 60 some years. Haven't you reconciled that? Like, you know, this was my journey, et cetera, et cetera. And we sort of glossed it over. And the next time we got together, Abraham Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, showed up and she had a, a problem with what I had said the week before. And I was like, what? what? She's mad at me for what? And then she said, over here, we experience things at a different rate. So something that happened to us might feel like last week to us. You know, like 25 years on earth feels like five or 10 minutes. So anyway, 60 years. And so she said, you know, you calling it ancient history is inaccurate. And then she went on to talk about stuff that happened to her. So that that's in reference to, you know, this idea of time. I want to just mention that I had a did a guided meditation with this scientist the other day, and we talked to his father. Um, he said it was okay to mention who it was, but I I haven't heard back from him since I sent him the transcript. But talking to his father on the flip side. I asked him what it was like because he died back in like 1986 or something, 82, I forget, a long time ago. And he said, it feels like the blink of an eye. That's what he said in terms of the time, blink of an eye and eternity. So that idea of long and nothing. So well, that makes sense. 20 years. Yeah. Stuff two hours ago. Yeah, yeah. And so because there's so so much new information that you're getting when you're on the flip side, you're seeing why you chose your lifetime and you're seeing all everybody's journey. And so that's just so much new information. It's almost like reading an entire library in a few hours. Perfect record. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, so uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask Robert Kennedy and John Kennedy if they do they want to say something about this? Whitney Houston just showed up. Okay. I, I know that I'm not thinking of her and I'm not trying to put off because I'm asking them politely. I'm like, who do I talk to? And I just know that I'm not, not thinking about Whitney Houston. I just want to see if it, if it's relevant to our conversation or what's sure, going no, on. Luana's in charge of the guest list. So if she's here to say something, let's let her speak. What do you want to say, Whitney? Sometimes our journeys don't end the way that they're supposed to. 
Hmm. But they ended the way that we choreographed them to. You mean in essence, essence essentially? Yeah. Then each time we make it more dramatic than the last. And time is timeless in that aspect. Interesting. May I ask you, Whitney? I we spoke to your mother because Aretha was such a good friend with her. And when we had our conversation with Aretha, your mom came through. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? Saying something about her grandfather. Okay. And who were you surprised to see once you got to the flip side? Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> wow. And was that a happy uh, encounter or what was that like? <laughs> Hold on. It's a different kind of fuck. Sorry. She's, I'm like, I saw her high-fiving Elvis. Like, look at what we did. Like, it was like, we did what we were supposed to, but how effed up is that? You know, in, but it's not in the, in I understand. the totality. I understand when you get off stage from a great performance, whatever, however it ends, Romeo and Juliet. There wasn't that much difference between Elvis and I. In that case, and oh my gosh, what a talent, what talents. And so, um, and so what have you been doing? If you don't mind me asking, I don't think we've asked you this before. What have you been doing uh, since? Are you keeping an eye on people or what are you doing? Helping people? She wants to be a world-class pole vaulter. Like she's showing me literally pole vaulting. I know, please don't. No, 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 don't judge it. So pole vaulting, no, no, of course. Yeah, she thinks that stage will be much better for her. Oh, very fascinating. I worked on the movie Personal Best, and it was all about female. Does she want to be a female athlete? Is that correct? Or just an athlete? I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't presume. She wants to be both. Okay. But that idea of, if you think about her lifetime and the stuff that she did, she literally was pole vaulting over, like, you know, bleeps and bounds and doing all kinds of amazing things. Is there anything you want to say to your you know, people get so upset with us when we talk to people that they know. She wants to have a, to have a sports family. A sports time. family. Okay, completely different set of rules, but at the same time, achievements and goals. That's beautiful. And it can still go sideways. <laughs> it can um, still go side. That's true. Right. Hold on. She says she's already achieving it. What do you mean? What does she mean? Because the lives are going on right now. So she says she's already achieving what she wants to do next lifetime. She's already working on that. She mm -hmm. hasn't come back yet. I see. Okay. Well, no, she's come back. Her soul has another person that's already here achieving it. Oh, oh I see. So she's saying she's already come back. She's already working it out. Okay. Very good. It, and is this person an athlete? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Paul Walter. Okay. Very good. It's a very funny today. I, yesterday I was writing an answer on Quora and Nelson Mandela popped into my mind and we had talked to him right after he passed and he came forward to say that he had reincarnated. He was living in the Amazon and he was like, you know, I get to be in nature because my whole life I didn't get to be in it. But he came forward to tell us in no uncertain terms, you need to talk to my friends, my fans, and tell them to save the Amazon because it's burning up and the lungs of the planet are disappearing. And I, I remember saying to him, well, how, how do we do that? <laughs> 
So I guess, and I can't be remiss with John F. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. I got to go back to them. Whitney, thank you so much for that. Luana's are do these do these guys want to talk or or do they want us to talk? Time, she just said time is timeless. Remember that. Time and I, there's this there's a saying that I love to live by right now. It's this is the this is the youngest day you'll ever be. This is the youngest day you'll ever be. That's beautiful. Yeah, unless you really think about it. That's it. <laughs> um, okay, let me go back to. I mean, they never left. Hold on. They didn't leave. Do the boys want to say something, or are they just supporting John? No, it's it's JFK. He's like, no, we're supporting all. all people. Please uh, describe that, sir. What do you mean by that? Unity is the only way to fix anything. Unity is the only way to fix it, like anything. Unity, love, peace, those little those little things that are, you know, almost sound, um, hold on. The whole idea of those cafes or pubs or however you want to, you know. McCainville. McCainville um, is to provide, yeah, like you said, there's really no place for us to talk about politics where there's where it's safe yeah. you know and there's pockets of it within their own divisions but not not in know. general can yeah. i can i ask you guys a cup a question the two brothers uh john and robert we've had conversations with both of you at different times and one of you seems to be more uh encouraged encouraging to dig into the reasons of your passing and the other one seems to be a little bit more along the lines of you know life goes on but do you guys debate about that over on the flip side at all or do you have the same opinion or or how does that work out with the different opinions he's like if you hold on to things here you're going to hold on to things over there like you still might have that strain that you're still trying to work out and then he shows me like the body, like all the different reactions and emotions that we have. Have we kind of like, have you mastered it? And like, it's a check mark, right? Or it's like a string and they're showing me colors. Like if you haven't, if, if, and I've heard this through, you know, uh, Brian Weiss, one of his books about many, you know, many bodies, one soul kind of thing. And if you still have the same thing happening over and over in each lifetime you know you're trying to master it it's that light you know it's the light that once you've mastered it kind of lights up and so it what it feels like when you describe the two brothers one of them just hasn't mastered that yet hasn't let it go yet very interesting it's almost like two students in a classroom and they're both very they're, smart they're not wrong they just have to figure out a better pathway in making it making it to where they can let that go let me ask you and i assume this is john referring to his journey i'm it, it, but did you go through more because you went through world war ii and you were wounded and you had did all kinds of things you went through a lot of things that are that different than your brother went through is that what you're referring to in one lifetime or is it over many it was over many but I wanted to be done with not having peace in my life. And I almost, 
I had to get broken first. Wow. Interesting. Are you planning on coming back soon or? Hell no. Hello. <laughs> and what about your brother, Robert? He goes, I might. Oh my gosh. I might go ahead. What did he say? He said he might, he might come back if somebody else ends up coming up there. He might trade places. Well, and how about, how about you, Robert? Listen, I know you have a big family, a big expanded family. And I, as you know, I reached out to one of your children and they wrote back to me and they thanked me for what I had sent, which was a conversation we had with you. I don't know if they've taken that information and tried to use it or, or to apply it to their life, but they did thank me. Um, I don't remember that. So that's okay. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to emphasize that, but the point was, you had come forward and you were saying, you know, people need to investigate the journey that I was on more because those, you know, the, the government, there are still people like that in, in the government. So what's your opinion about that now? Not, you know, this was only a couple of years ago we had this conversation, but has it changed or do you feel the same way? It's, he still feels like it needs to be corrected or it needs to be examined. Damn it. It doesn't, it, he doesn't, he hates the fact it was just shoved underneath the carpet. I know there's a book by Talbot called um, Brothers, and we've referred to it before. And, and Robert, you mentioned that that was an accurate book. So that being said, um, so we've got John McCain, you've got the two Kennedy brothers. Is there anything you guys want to talk about in general or specifically, or have we covered what you meant to say? Peace. I want to talk about peace. Hold on. Please. Hmm. Peace before you speak. What does that mean? I'm asking. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> Calming your heart down. Not, not speaking out of anger, irritation, or anger, or fear. Irritation, that's also great. If one could, like, almost like, thank you, wipe the slate clean of anything you know about what's, you know, that gets you so, blah, you know. Sure. Um, that's the best place to start is in your heart, not from reacting to something that might not even be true. And if you think about that idea, this dream that McCain's pub is a metaphor, you know, a place somewhere. It could be online. It could be within groups. And it's the idea to encourage people. Um, I mean, the International Association of Near-Death Studies, INS, they have chapters all over the world where people come and talk about a near-death experience. And they aren't judged. No one judges them, you know, whether they saw Jesus or God or whatever they saw. That's fine. They get up and talk about it. And so we need to be able to allow people to speak their truth or their peace okay. and to have peace before they speak it. And allow yourself the right to change your mind. Brilliant. Brilliant. Don't, don't hold on so tight if you don't know why you're doing it. Are right. you doing it because are you doing it because it was the way that you were raised? Are you doing it because you don't know any but like kind of dive deep into it? Like if you feel like there might be something I know, I know. Sorry. <laughs> What was that? I voted for Obama and not McCain. <laughs> oh, is he, is he remind Maverick is reminding you? 
That's all right. Listen, he likes certain songs that other people don't like. But, you know, I I worked with one of his chiefs, his chief of staff when I made this movie. Three and he said, this, no, he's just like, you changed your mind. You changed your mind. I was raised, you know, at the time. Anyway, but he goes, give your, any, everybody should do that. You should be able to change your mind. Oh, I see. And he's, he's using you as that example. Very good. Um, very unusual conversation. And I know not everybody's going to be able to. But Jennifer and I have had these conversations before, and they go back years. And if you look at the book Backstage Pass or the three books, or tuning into the afterlife, our conversation with Whitney, the idea of musicians who come forward, they haven't gone anywhere. They still exist, and they're happy. So let me ask you, Whitney, if you don't mind, if someone wanted to talk to you directly, what would be a way to do that? Get a hold of her assistant. <laughs> She's just laughing. <laughs> Talk to my assistant. Um, her or her daughter. Like everything else, you have to believe that you can. And that weeds out 99.9999% of the people out there. Interesting. Yeah, so they it's don't not just an experience. Oh, go ahead. If you think it, but you don't believe it, it's, it's, oh. If you don't have the feelings involved, so remember the magnetic, like the electrical thought process of just thinking, that just hits a wall she's just showing me. But if you have the magnetic, you know, energy come back, like you magnify your feelings of wanting to talk to her and you believe it, she's like, I'll be right there. And let me ask you this. It's a silly question, but do you so funny, that song I'll be there just popped into my head too. It's like a background. I'll be there. And well, let me ask you, Whitney, do you still sing at all? Do you perform and sing and every day, every chance she gets, who do you sing with? If anybody. Well, she just showed me band-aid like the whole. Oh, thing. like everybody together yeah. in a room. Yeah. It's much more fun that way. She says. Are there any ringers in there? I mean, are there people that don't belong in there who just show up and they're singing away? Or is it just everybody you knew or who's who's in your not every not everybody that could sing here was famous. So yes, those people that interesting. So yeah, you might not recognize somebody who's singing with you, but they right. recognize you. Is that correct? Yes. But not in a hierarchy way or like, oh, it's Whitney. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, you know, it's hard to tell people that, you know, that here we are talking about somebody who She's is so funny. She's like, oh, it's Whitney. Give me some drugs. <laughs> she was making fun of herself. I but, know. You know. I like that. It's just how funny how people have this thing. They can't help but think about the hierarchical aspect of it rather than just the pure talent. And let's talk about real fast for the first, you know, if you're listening for the first time or the last time, Richard does have connections to the people that we've talked to. And so, you know, if we talk to people, which we have, where I don't know who they are, but they come through, you do. People always say, well, why do you talk to people that are famous? It's because they come and I believe it. I believe it when I see, when I saw a picture of Whitney, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to talk to you. There's no way I was thinking it. There's no way it was even in my awareness or consciousness or anything. I'm going to, I need to understand why she's here. That's, that's the reason why. Because I recognize them. If somebody that I didn't recognize, there's no way I could like, attach it to anybody that's here do you know what i'm saying it's like Absolutely. talking about, like sure. i don't even, i don't even talk to the people that are in i mean my room is so full of spirit before i go to bed 
I'm like, can I just please go to sleep? I won't even talk to them because I still don't have anybody to connect them to. Well, that's interesting. Well, and what she's referring to, I mean, I was a music critic at Variety for some years. And, uh, but, you know, and I also know uh, over my course of my film career, I know music producers and guys who won Grammys doing that. And it, it is interesting because it's almost like six degrees of set Kevin Bacon. You know, you know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. Um, we talked to Aretha initially, I think, because Sidney Pollack, who I knew, you know, helped introduce us. So that was right. a thing. And one last thing. So Wednesday before that. So my dad was showing up a lot. Like he showed up. So I left Thursday to Montreal. Wednesday I played golf, which was, I didn't think I wanted to play, but we went to play. It was actually, I went to play with my friend Glee. It was spectacular. A hawk came down right in front of us and just went right, like really low. Like, I'm like, did you see that? I've never seen that on a golf course. You see everything. There yeah. was tons of butterflies. There was tons of everything. Well, I had some clients that afternoon and I was in my office. They were reminding me I was in my office and I was talking to him like, why do I get, I'm, I'm like, this person's showing me what happened to me this morning with a hawk. And I'm, she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I was playing golf. And she just, she's like the person I was talking to. She goes, he was a golf pro. And I'm like, and then I asked her like, uh, she, he goes, yeah, I was checking you out to see if you were going to make it to the appointment. And he goes, I actually helped you. And then he showed me how I bogeyed on like the seventh hole. Like it was spectacular. And it happened twice. The next client had someone that was also there was, you know, heavily into golf. That was also there watching me either, you know, whatever it was. It was, but that was another sign. And his mother was there that showed the butterflies. Like they're around us, whether we know it or not. And, but it's, it avails itself later. It wouldn't have done me any good if I talked to him, you know, yeah. But later on, you realize, and I just want people to realize that it's not that people are reincarnating as an insect or a hawk. But no, no, they're putting your awareness towards it. And he goes, we did that because we knew how powerful it would be for our appointments, which it was. It so was. Two appointments were the two deceased people that I was talking to. Both of them were heavily into golf. One was a golf pro. The other person was actually, they were doing a huge benefit in his honor, like in a couple of days. You know, I mean it was it was pretty interesting you know there again i i love what i do for work i'm always amazed by it i'm grateful for it i feel lucky to be able to do this and it's just it's mad it's still magic and you can put everyone can have this everyone can have the magic if they wanted to and it's also wonderful for you to point this out because when you're at a funeral and you do see butterflies or you do see a hawk allow yourself to say oh i wonder if that's uncle pete and betty i'm by to say hi i, have to I know you've got to go jennifer we love you thank you for this extended podcast today and i'd like to thank everybody who showed up i won't name them all because i'll put it in the the thing later on and we love you thank you for your gifts and thank you for sharing them with the planet thank you babe all right ciao this has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.